Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. Hebrews chapter 2, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and gifts, of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Now let me go to the Good News translation. That is why we must hold on all the more firmly to the truths which we have heard so that we will not be carried away. The message given to our ancestors by the angels was shown to be true and anyone who did not follow it or obey it received the punishment he deserved. However, then, or I beg your pardon, how then shall we escape if we pay no attention to such a great salvation? The Lord himself first announced this salvation, and those who heard him proved to us that it was true. At the same time, God added his witness to theirs by performing all kinds of miracles and wonders and by distributing the gift of the Holy Spirit according to his will. Let us pray. Take this word, our Father, and multiply it in our hearts. May it be of benefit to our lives and glory to your name, for through Jesus Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. I think we're all aware that we have many religions in the world. We know there are Mohammeds, there are Hindus, and there are Hare Krishnas, many other groups of people throughout the world who claim to worship somebody, some god. Within the Christian religion, there are many denominations, from Catholic on one hand to the Pentecostal groups, I suppose, on the other, and we as Baptists would be somewhere in between those extremes as far as belief and practice is concerned. We can't all be right. Somebody's wrong. But we believe that we must defend everybody's right to believe what he says he believes, to follow the dictates of his own heart and conscience. Somebody asked a man one time what he would be if he were not a Baptist, and he said he would be ashamed. Well, I think maybe I would subscribe to that. But I cannot take away from the fact that Methodists and Pentecostals 
and Presbyterians and Catholics would also probably express the same. Some of my dearest friends in this world adhere to the Catholic belief. And I'm as convinced as I'm standing before you this morning that I will see them in heaven because they love the Lord Jesus Christ, although their practices and uh, some of their faiths that they adhere to do not follow what I believe the scripture would teach. They have the same right as I to follow those practices and adhere to those beliefs. We are a world of people who worship. But I want to suggest to you this morning that we are coming into an age that appears to be, to me, that we are a religionless world. A world who does not worship anybody, anything, any way, any time. I don't know if you would agree with that or not, but it seems to me as far as a formal devotion to a religious faith of any nature or in our country to, to a denomination, whether it is Catholic, Baptist, or Pentecostal, we find multitudes of people all across Boone County and West Virginia and the United States that if we inquired of them as to what their faith is could not tell us that they believe in anything. That they adhere to any church doctrine. Or that they worship the God of the Hindu or the Muhammad or the Christian they have no concept of a God. And this scares me. That we are becoming a religion-less society. I think we find this evident in the lives of the people of our community who seemingly have no foundation for their life, whatever. They're floundering. There is no spiritual basis for their life. None. They don't know, and they don't know they don't know. And this is scary. I think I found that when I taught school amongst high school students and even grade school as far as that's concerned. In my little efforts to try to put a little Christian teaching into my English classes or to my library sessions or to my counseling time when I was counselor. You see, I was not supposed to be counseling as far as those students as far as Christian things were concerned. Somehow or other, counseling in the school is supposed to be limited to uh, what you're going to do with your life after you get out of school, go to college or to vocational school or to a job or what have you. But I think any Christian teacher is going to subtly, and sometimes not so subtly, make students aware that there's more to life than a job. There's more to life than going on to college. There is life beyond all of that. But a lot of people and adults in our communities this morning are in their homes, 
or they're going somewhere without the slightest concept that there is any need for a spiritual foundation to their life. They have no roots. Jesus gave us the parable of the person who built his house upon a rock and the one who built his house upon the sand. And we know that we will stand and not fall when our life is based on something secure. We make our claim in Jesus Christ. And we say we don't fall, we don't falter because we have a foundation. That foundation is a person named Jesus who was the Son of God and came into this world. That's our foundation. But we find lots of people who have no foundation but shifting sands and they go hither and yon looking for some kind of security and cannot find it. They have no roots. That movie, Roots, was one of the most marvelous movies as far as I'm concerned that has been developed in many, many years. As I looked at it, I thought about spiritual roots. Yes, I've got family roots. I know where my family tree goes to a point. But listen, I've got spiritual roots. My life is not going to be shaken by the difficulties that come because I've got a foundation. I have security in that my life has been sunk deep into something that shall not be moved. And I think most of you will say the same thing. But some of you are shaken and find difficulties because your roots haven't gone very deep. You haven't found any solid rock to put your life on. The Bible is still the bestseller book in all the world. More copies are sold of it than any other book that has ever been written. But I suspect that it is the least read of all the books that are ever purchased. I would hesitate to get an honest answer from this congregation this morning as to how much did you read the Bible this week. Because I think most of us would be embarrassed to answer that question, and myself included as to how much time we really spent in the foundation of our life in trying to determine where we fit into God's plan of things. Now, we're an educated people. We have a higher level, a higher degree of education in this country than any other country probably in the world. We know all about philosophy, you take any student who has gone to college can tell you about Plato and Aristotle. Any student who has gone through high school can tell you about Darwin and his theory of evolution. Anyone who has been to school can tell you about the history of the United States and perhaps a great deal of the history of the world. They can tell you about literature and have read lots of it. Some of you have even read Shakespeare. At least we all know his name. We know about some of the great men and women who have produced fine literature. Most of us would, maybe would be able to even go further and talk about the baser literature that has been produced. Young people at least, and some of us who are not so young, would be able to talk about the Beatles and all the other insects that have produced movie, or music over the past years. 
And I put that word in there purposely because I think that's about all that some of that amounts to. Some of you would be very capable of saying who won the World Series, and I don't for the slightest uh, minute know who won the World Series. That doesn't interest me. That's not saying that you ought not to know. But I know people who can collect all the cards and tell you all the players and give you all the scores and go through the whole thing. We are an educated people in our given little segment of interest, but most of us are absolutely ignorant when it comes to God's Word. If I ask you how many books were in this Bible this morning, I'm sure that not all of us could say that there are 66 books. 39 in the Old Testament and 27 in the New. That it took 40 men to write it. And yet it has one theme. One theme. We talk about trying to encourage people to become Christians. And I've said to many people, or I have asked them about becoming Christian. And they'll come back with the answers, well, I don't know. I sure like to, but I don't think I can hold out. Baloney. Don't expect me to believe that nonsense. Don't expect anybody who has any common sense to believe that you want to become a Christian and you're not going to because you can't hold out. That's a cop-out. That's an easy way to say, I don't want to deal with the issue. You see, a real man, a real woman, uh, who wants to know anything will delve into the subject and try to learn what's there. Try to know what the facts are. And that's why I'm saying we're living in a society of religionless people because even the people who would say things to us are really saying, I'm not interested in knowing what's in that book. Don't bother me with it. Back in the Old Testament, we have the story of Elijah who was hearing his people respond to him in the same way. And he finally said to them, How long will you halt between two opinions? If God, if the Lord is God, if the Lord is God, then serve him. And if Baal is God, then serve him. Now I think we as a church need to say the same thing to ourselves and to the world, listen, make up your mind. Believe in something. If you want to be a Hindu, be one, but be the best Hindu you can be. You'll go to hell as a Hindu, we believe that, but you ought to have the right to be it if you want. But listen, to be nothing is nonsense. To believe nothing is ridiculous. If you want to be a Catholic, be one. If you want to be a Pentecostal, be one. If you want to be a Baptist, be one. But listen, if you want to be saved, you're going to have to believe in Jesus Christ. And it makes no difference what label you put on yourself. The question is, how long are you going to sit there and make no decision? And that's what the world is doing. 
making no decisions, not wanting to think about it. Why is it that when we go out on visitation, those of you who have been on visitation program know this well, why is it when you go out on visitation that sometimes the door is closed in your face, you're treated very coolly, and the reason is they don't have the slightest idea what you're talking about. Become a Christian, to them, is interpreted become a member of the Olive Branch Baptist Church. And they don't want to be a member of the Olive Branch Baptist Church. They have no interest. They don't blame them. As a non-Christian, I don't want them here either as a member of the Olive Branch Baptist Church. Do you? What do we want as a part of our fellowship? People who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, they're religionless. They do not want to consider the question. Now in the second verse, the writer to Hebrews says that the message of salvation was given to our ancestors by the angels and it was proven to be true. People come along and say the Bible is full of error. There are all kinds of mistakes all the way through it. Don't you believe it? The Bible has never been proven to be in error scientifically, historically, or any other way. We will grant that people have made errors in translations. And that's why I've read to you from two different translations this morning can read from others. This is a translation. That is, the God, somebody has taken God's word and tried to put it in words that people could understand. And in that human process, there can be uh, differences of opinion from one translation to another. But God's word has never changed. Never. And people have gotten all hung up on the fact that there are different translations and want to throw one out. Some of you probably would like to throw out the Good News Bible. Go ahead and throw it out if you want to. It makes no difference to me. Or whatever other translation. God's Word does not change. The same truth is there. And has never been proven wrong. The thing that has been in error is man's understanding of God's Word. The message was true. And there's an urgency here. An urgency. In verse 3, he asked, How shall ye escape if you pay no attention to this salvation? Escape what? Escape the judgment. Listen, people are going to hell in our community because they have simply ignored the message that we preach that's in God's Word. Just plain ignore it as if it's of no value. What does it say when you see an obituary and it tells you the, all the facts of this person's life, and it says that somewhere in there he or she was a Protestant. All that says is they never went to the Catholic Church. 
What does it mean when it says he or she was a Baptist? It meant that probably somebody in her family went to the Baptist church or his family. It says to me that person went to hell. Why? Because they did not take serious or urgent the word that we preach. It's almost certain when you see that kind of obituary, you're talking about an unsaved individual whose family wants to tie them some way to something religious so that it looks good. Maybe I told you one time, I don't know, but I preached the funeral of an 18-year-old girl, the mo one, of the most, one of the most beautiful girls I've ever seen. I married her on two occasions to the same guy. They got married and divorced and decided to get married again. And I said to her, all right, do you think it'll stick this time? And we went through the whole process, and then, yes, indeed, we're, we're serious, we're going to stick with it. She was out with somebody else one night, they had an automobile accident and she was killed. When I read the obituary from that family, it said she was a member of the church of which I was pastor. And I went to the church rolls and searched diligently trying to find her name on the church rolls of our church and could not find her name. And I finally asked her mother, are you sure she was a member of our church. And she said, no, she never was a member. I said, well, why did you put the obituary in the paper that she was a member of the church? She said, because I wanted to save face. What a tragedy. She wanted her daughter to be a member of the church so desperately in order to look good in the eyes of the community. But I never heard one word from her at any time that said I wanted her to be a member of the church because of God. There's no doubt that girl is in hell today in my mind because she did not take seriously this word. The church was a place to come for a wedding in her mind. The church was a place to come for a funeral in the mind of her mother. The church is a place to socialize in the mind of others. But never do so many people give any thought to the fact that the church is here in order to point people to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. That's our goal, our purpose, our objective, and it's all contained within God's Word. The message is there. We have something this morning called salvation that was given to us by God himself. And we're here to proclaim him. I don't know if you're all Christian this morning or not. But let me tell you, being a member of this church won't mean anything on the day that you die. Being married here won't mean a thing. Being buried here won't mean a thing. Attending here means nothing unless you have something to base your life on, a foundation. Let's become religious in the real sense of the word, and that is let's become devout worshipers and servers of Almighty God.
Let's believe in and accept His Son, Jesus Christ. Don't halt between two opinions. Don't stay on the fringes. Don't pretend to be something you're not. Be something you are. If you want to be lost, be lost and admit it. If you want to go to hell, take it that way and go on. If you want to go to heaven, you're going to have to put your faith in Jesus Christ and Him only. And that's what this Word teaches. Whatever you're going to be, make up your mind. And don't fool around with pretenses. Don't fool around with thinking that you can hang on the fringes and someday your life's going to be all right. Make up your mind. Let me close with this little statement. Several years ago, and maybe I've told you this, I can't remember. Several years ago, I heard during a visitation program, evangelist that I had along with me, talking to a couple in the Middle Ages, in the 30s, I believe, about becoming Christian. And they were giving all these excuses that they all they didn't believe, that all this stuff in the Bible was true. And they were pretty good. They were good moral people, and, and if, they were going, if anybody was going to heaven, surely they would go, contrary to anything that we might preach. And this evangelist said this, well, suppose I'm wrong. All of this that I preach and teach means nothing. And I die, I really haven't lost anything. But he said, suppose you're wrong. When you die, you've lost everything. How about you? If you don't believe what I'm preaching, you have that perfect right. And if I'm wrong, I haven't lost anything. I haven't lost a thing. Let me tell you, if you're wrong, you've lost your soul. Lost your soul. Will you not this morning claim this great salvation, put your life on a foundation, and make it count for something? Shall we pray? Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.